Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. your first time here. My name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors here along with my wife, Diana, and uh, love what God's doing in our church. I'm really, really excited because God's doing some phenomenal things, and we're right in the middle of summer, and uh, I really am excited for the series that we decided to do through the summer, Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Come on. I'm excited about it. I'm pumped about it. This is what I believe, and this is what we talked about last week, and what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks is that God is going to do something new in our lives, in your life, in your marriage, in your home, come on, in your finances, for your business. Come on, we're believing for a fresh wind and a fresh fire from heaven for our church, for our family. Come on, anybody believe in it this morning? Come on, believe in it. I sense it. I sense it. I'm excited and I'm pumped. Can I tell you the 9 a.m. was electric this morning, giving you a run for your money, 11 a.m. Come on. They're excited. They're pumped, believing that God's going to do something absolutely incredible. And so, I don't know, maybe you feel like you're in a rough spot, in a dry uh, spell. Maybe you feel like you've been in a drought spiritually. Uh, We're believing for fresh rain to fall in your life, in Jesus' name. And uh, we're believing for all of our lives and our church. Over the next several weeks, we have revival nights happening at 6 p.m. Last week at 6 p.m. was absolutely phenomenal. We got to pray and believe that God healed people. God filled people with the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be a part of that tonight at 6 p.m., we're to continue praying for people. Tonight we're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just to like, not just, not just to fill them, but to just overflow in their lives in Jesus' name. And so 6 p.m. has been incredible. Come on. Anybody ever visited our 6 p.m. here in Kendall? It's been absolutely phenomenal. A lot of you didn't raise your hands. You need to be here tonight. And uh, we're going to pray for you, lay hands on you. We're going to bring out snakes and blankets. I'm just kidding. No snakes and blankets. But grab your Bibles. I want you to go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm really excited about this brand new series, Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Been looking forward to it all year long. And I said it's actually going to be one of the most important series I believe that we do all year long. As it's going to give us some foundation, a base on who the Holy Spirit is and what he comes to do in our life, especially when it comes to gifts. I believe there's been a lot of confusion. There's been a lot of abuse on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to talk about it over the next several weeks. Today, we're actually going to talk a lot about it in detail. Last week kind of gave like a little bit of intro of who the Holy Spirit is. Today, we're going to start talking about the gifts. Somebody say the gifts. I remind you about what we talked about last week. Uh, This is kind of like the base verse uh, for our series. John chapter 16, verse 7, if you want to write it down. uh, This is what we talked about. We said, nevertheless, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Somebody say advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus ascended to the Father and he left us an advantage called the Holy Spirit. Come on, anybody grateful for the Holy Spirit? Come on. Look at your neighbor and tell him, get ready, get ready, get ready. (laughs) All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I hope you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can share with the person next to you. Come on, look at the person next to you one more time and tell them you look phenomenal this morning. 
Come on, look at the person on the other side. Tell them, I'm so happy to be sitting next to you this morning. I want to see some smiles. Come on, in service. We got some good-looking people at 11 a.m. Oh, come on. You got to get, 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 come on. A few people at least shouted themselves out. Come on. <laughs> we do? Where? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12. If you're there, can you say amen? amen. All right. This is where we're going to get into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to begin to read in verse 1. This is Paul. Paul is addressing the church in Corinth because they've had a misunderstanding. They've been abusing the gifts. They are uninformed. And uh, look what Paul tells the church then that I believe uh, the church now also needs. Beginning in verse 1, Paul says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to go around questioning, doubting, abusing, not knowing where the gifts of the Spirit are. He says, I want you to know. He says, uh, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse number seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the what? It's given for the common good. To one, there is through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of that same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these, somebody say all, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines, just as he determines. Paul gives us a list of gifts of the spirit and he says they all come from one god one spirit to us all today i'm excited uh, of us getting now into detail about the gifts of the spirit and i want everybody if you can to take out a notebook a pen or if not take some notes on your phone i believe we're going to grow as a church and we decided to do this through the summer so that we can mature through the summer and grow through the summer get to know god who the holy spirit is come on anybody want to learn and grow in the faith anybody with me this morning come on and so today if you're taking notes i want you to write this down i want to talk to you from this title you got me you got me come on look at three people and tell them you got me No, but I need you to shake them up this morning. Tell them, you got me, you got me, you got me. We're going to pray, and uh, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to help us this morning. I'm believing that God's going to give some gifts to some people this morning, especially tonight as we pray for people. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ on Miami, we're advancing this summer and moving forward into everything that God has called us. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace. Thank you for your love with us and toward us. Holy Spirit, I know that you're here. I pray that you work, speak, 
and move in us and through us. Have your way this morning. Thank you for each and every person from Kendall Campus to City Campus and soon to come West Campus. Thank you for what you're doing in the life of this church and this community. Have your way, God. We love you. We praise you. And we pray, um, God, for cooler weather. It's been too hot. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say, come on, 11 a.m., all of God's people say, Can you give God one more praise? Come on, make some noise one more time. It's a pretty wild and crazy thought to think God knows me. God knows me. He knows details of my life. He knows the circumstances of my life. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is part of the reason Why he came is to remind us that God is into every detail and circumstance of our life. God knows you. God knows us. He knows what we're going through. And I don't know about you, but it's comforting to be recognized and it's comforting to be known. Has somebody ever come up to you and uh, they're really excited to see you and to meet you? And and it looks like you guys haven't spoken in years, but you have no idea who this person is. Have you ever not recognized somebody speaking to you? Whether it's at Target or Target or at the mall and they come up to you and they're like, hey, and you have no idea. You're like, were, were we in woodshop together? Were we in, in church together? And you have no idea who they are. To not be known or recognized is not the best feeling. A few weeks ago, I was with a friend of mine and We were walking together, and as we're walking, he sees somebody that he knows and hasn't seen in many, many years. And uh, we're walking together, and I see him get extremely, extremely excited. Like, he just begins to, like, just get, oh, my God, look who it is, right? Like, super excited. Wow, oh, my God. Wow, it's been years, right? A little bit over the top. I was like, calm down. Um, And so he begins to wave to this person, not just with one hand. He begins to wave to the person with two hands, like, hey, right? And and all of a sudden, I'm seeing that the person on the other side is not recognizing him. It was extremely embarrassing. And he's like, how are you? With two hands. It's like waving with two hands. And the person literally gave one of the most lame responses I've ever seen in my entire life. They were like, hi. Like just like that. It was just like, uh, hi, hi. They waved with one finger. Hi. Like, it was really weird. Can I tell you, I have laughed so hard. And he walked away so, like, down, so dejected. His spirit was crushed. His heart was broken. And I was a bad friend that day. And I laughed all the way home. I laughed at him. And I'm like, they have no idea who you are. That was embarrassing. To not be known and to not be recognized hurts. I think sometimes we feel that God has forgotten who we are. But I think the truth is, is that we have forgotten who God is. When we feel forgotten, it's often because we forget how faithful God is. We forget his kindness. We forget his faithfulness. We forget that he knows us by name. We forget, John, that he recognizes and he knows what we're going through. He knows our weaknesses and he knows what we're walking through. And what we need to remember is that our God is always faithful and he's always going to be with us. He will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And I really believe 
that the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence and the promise of the Holy Spirit comes to remind us that God is with us and he knows the details of our life. But we forget because we get caught up with the circumstances of life. Life hits us all, right? The winds and the storms of life will come. And it's right usually in the middle of all this mess that is called life and anxiety that we begin to forget who God is. Somebody say in the middle. It's in the middle of our anxiety. It's in the middle of our marriage problem. It's in the middle of us waiting for a husband or a wife. It's in the middle of us waiting for the actual wife and husband that we have to change. It's in the middle of having kids. It's in the middle of trying to pay bills. It's in the middle of waiting for a promise. It's usually right in the middle that we need to remember who God is. We need to go back to the word. We need to stay connected to the presence, to the power of the Holy Spirit, to remember my God is always faithful, even when I'm in the middle of a storm. Anybody? with me this morning. It's right in the middle that we need to remember, my God, he is faithful. But the storms of life, they will come. And they begin to separate you because the enemy's purpose is to get you as far from God as possible. The Holy Spirit is a connector and it helps us to stay connected to who God is and and God's heart. But the enemy comes to distract us and to separate us. And all of a sudden we'll find ourselves to be at a distance. And we're mad because we think that God has distanced himself, not recognizing our own distance. Not recognizing our own problems and it's distress and anxiety and it's life circumstances that have come and that have pushed us away. But what we need to remember in the middle of it is that these problems don't come to tell me who my God is. These problems come to show me how powerful my God is. Oh, come on. It's the problems in life that'll show you his hand. It's the problems in life that'll show you his power. When I don't have money, I realize he's my provider. When I'm sick, is that I realize he's my healer. When I realize that I'm in an empire situation I find out that my God impossible is where he starts that's just the beginning for the power of the Holy Spirit and so we need the power of the Holy Spirit to remind us to stay connected because usually when we get disconnected is all of a sudden when misinformation happens and that's God calling you right now to remind you (laughs) it's okay it's happened to all of us (laughs) we get disconnected (laughs) here's here's the big problem here's the big problem disconnection often brings misinformation when i'm disconnected i think you're not with me you're not here you don't care you don't know my weaknesses and so we need to stay connected somebody say connected You need to stay connected to his power and you need to know the Holy Spirit, the promise, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay connected because every single time you're connected, you're going to realize God always has a plan. God always is right on schedule. He's working it out. Come on, the miracle is coming. The breakthrough is coming. Come on, the rains are coming. The fresh wind and the fresh fire, they're coming because our God is never out of control. He's always in control. He'll make a way somehow, but I need to be connected. If you stay connected, connected you'll realize that God has a plan and so it's the promise the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that brings an assurance to our heart I don't know about you but it brings an assurance to my heart my God he's with me he knows the details of my life anybody know what I'm talking about he's with me right here he he knows what is happening in fact I'm at an advantage that I have the Holy Spirit 
you remember, we talked about this last week, right? Jesus, he was about to ascend up to the Father, and, you know, all the disciples are flipping on. They're like, no, Jesus. They're trying to pull him down by his clothes, and they're like, stay with us. And he says, oh, it is to your advantage that I go. Acts chapter 1, right? It is to your advantage that I go, because if I go, if I don't go, I can't send the helper to you. But if I go, I will send the helper to you. We're at an advantage. You and I, we have an advantage, and that's that we have the Holy Spirit with us. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit doesn't just want to come inside of you. He wants to come upon you. There's a difference, right? We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we also have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. One is coming inside of you. Another one is coming upon you. There's a difference when we look at the New Testament between the Holy Spirit coming inside of you and coming upon you. There's power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. All right, Jesus, he was hanging out with his disciples, and the Bible says that he prayed for them, and he blew on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit came inside of them. But right after that, he says, oh, I want you to do something. Uh, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's a difference. And I think a lot of believers today, we have a lot of information about the Holy Spirit, but we don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you need both. You just don't need the Holy Spirit inside of you. You need the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And so the disciples, they went up to the upper room, and it says they were praying and praising, and they waited until the Holy Spirit fell upon them. I think a lot of Christians, what we need is an experience with the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of us, we got good theology on the Holy Spirit, and we got great doctrine, but what we're missing is an experience. What happened to the disciples has to happen to me because they went from being timid, shy, and full of fear to being powerful men and women of God that changed the world. That can only happen when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on. You're not with me this morning. What we need is an experience with the power, the presence, and the promise. What can happen in Miami if a bunch of us got baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit? Our whole city would change. When all of a sudden, and you and I, we hit the streets, and all of a sudden, there's people being healed. There's people standing up from wheelchairs. Cancer has to go. Diabetes has to go. Heart attacks can stop. In the name of Jesus, we can see miracles happen. Uh, we, we can see marriages being restored. We can see drug addicts being delivered. Come on, we can see people in bondage being delivered through the power of the Holy Spirit. But what we're missing is an experience with the Holy Spirit. We got a whole lot of information. We can talk about it all day long. Oh, yeah, I love the Holy Spirit, the little dove. And we talk about it. We have pictures of the dove everywhere, right? But I think what we're missing is the power of the Holy Spirit. Something happened to the disciples in the upper room is that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You just don't need to possess the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to possess you. And so I think a lot of us, what we need is that we need this experience with the Holy Spirit. Baptized means immersion, right? When you get baptized in the water, that means you, get, you go under the water and you get fully wet. Like you don't come out dry when you get baptized. You, you come out wet. Like you can't get baptized in water and not know that you got baptized. You're like, I got wet. I'm soaking wet. I'm dripping wet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you, you're just like, oh, did I get wet? I don't know. I, I feel really dry. I don't know if I got baptized or not. We're going to dunk you in that water. And if we know you're past a little bit, we'll hold you down a little bit longer. I'm kidding. Some of us needed to be down there for like five minutes straight. You can't get baptized in the Holy Spirit and not know that you weren't baptized. 
You, you feel it. It's an experience. The, the, the disciples had an experience with the Holy Spirit. They recognized they were baptized. And so it's not just an indwelling. It's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. One is coming within you. Another one is coming upon you. Now, now when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he brings gifts. Somebody say gifts. These are spiritual gifts. I'm not talking about natural gifts. I'm not talking about natural talents. Some of you can play the piano really good. Some of you can play drums. Some of you can sing. Some of you don't have that talent at all. And you need to stop singing. But, but, but some of you got natural gifts and talent. Some of you could draw. Some of you are really gifted. But I'm talking about a supernatural gift or a supernatural talent that God comes to give you. In fact, I'll put it this way. What is a spiritual gift? I'll, I'll, I'll describe it this way. A spiritual gift is this. If we put it the definition. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. The Holy Spirit comes to give us all gifts so that we can go out and fulfill God's plans and purposes for our lives. Can I tell you, you can't fulfill your destiny without the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for you. You can't fulfill the plans and the purposes of God without the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for you. And here's what I know. He has gifts for all of us. Every single one of us, the Holy Spirit wants to give you a gift or multiple gifts, right? And so the Holy Spirit comes to give us gifts. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit also comes so that the gifts can help us all together. This is why you need to be in relationship because we help out one another. This is why you should be in the connect group. This is why you should start grow track next week. Because if you get next to somebody that doesn't have the gifts that you have, their gifts will benefit you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. We help out one another and, and we, and we push each other forward through our gifts. Look what the Bible says in first Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help out each other so that we can help out each other. And so the next few weeks, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts in detail. Like, like what are spiritual gifts then, right? Some of us are asking, what are spiritual gifts? If really he loves me and if he knows me and I have to stay connected to the power, what are some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit comes to give me, right? I, I want to show you three different places where you can find list of spiritual gifts. Write these down. These are three different places in our Bible where you can see in the New Testament that, that gives a list of different spiritual gifts. You can find it in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Paul gives us a list of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, there you'll find the second list of spiritual gifts. And then 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, there you'll find another list of spiritual gifts, right? So we have three different places in our Bible where the writers, the authors inspired by the Holy Spirit himself gives us a list of spiritual gifts. I want you to go like read each of these lists and find out what your gifts are. And in fact, you can ask for more gifts. Paul says to desire the gifts, to earnestly ask for the gifts, right? There, there's three different lists. And some say there's nine gifts, seven gifts. Some say there's 18. Uh, I think there's somewhere between nine and 22 different gifts. You read those. There's nine through 22 different gifts. In fact, I, we're going to focus on one uh, list throughout this series. And the way that you can remember this series, really easy. And I think it's the main list that people have a lot of trouble understanding. It's nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what we just read. 
And a way that you can remember it is really easy, right? Paul says that there is also nine fruits of the Spirit. Everybody remember that? Come on, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Well, just think about nine and nine. There's nine fruits of the Spirit, and then there's nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Right? That makes up 18. 18 specific, distinct ways that we can see the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. Right? One commentator said that if the nine fruits of the Spirit is the cake, the nine gifts of the Spirit is the icing on the cake. And so a full believer will have all in operation. Come on, anybody want their cake and to eat it too? <laughs> 11 a.m. wants a lot of cake. All right. Look what Paul says. One more time. Let's read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Look what Paul says about spiritual gifts. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be what? Don't want you to be uninformed. There's a lot of bad information when it comes to spiritual gifts, right? We've seen the abuse of spiritual gifts. We've heard about it. We've seen people do some weird things. Over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about this one specific list of nine spiritual gifts and what they do in our life. Now, now you're in a church that believes that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in operation today. Right, we are called what we're called is continuation of this. In other words, they've continued throughout the New Testament, they continue today, they are in operation. There's some people who call themselves cessationists, and what they believe is that they've ceased, right? That they are no longer in operation. I don't believe that's true, I believe they are totally in operation. I've seen them and I've witnessed them in my own life and in other people's life. The Holy Spirit is here, He comes to help us, He comes to inform us, and He comes to give us His power. Can I get an amen? Right, and so we're going to focus. We're going to focus on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, nine gifts of the Spirit in this one particular list, because I feel there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of questions when it comes to this list. Let's show them really quick. What are the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gives us nine different gifts. Somebody say nine. Nine. What are the nine? Can you read them with me? Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, Prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Nine spiritual gifts that we see Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So these are the ones that we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. We're going to talk about a set of them today. Next Sunday, another. And two Sundays from now, we're going to finish up the third set of gifts from this particular list. Next week, we'll be talking about healing and faith and miracles, and I think it's going to be powerful. Next Sunday night, we're going to pray for a whole lot of people that are sick and believe for healing to happen in Jesus' name. And then the last week, we're going to talk about prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to fill people, and we're going to see the gifts in operation. Today, I I, I want to talk to you from the first set. In fact, we can break them down this way, and this is the way we're going to break them down over the next several weeks. Is this helping anybody? This is the way we're going to talk about it over the next several weeks. You can, you can break up this list, these nine, in many different ways, but I like this option. This is just one option. I like this option. You can break it down in three different groups, revelation gifts, power gifts, and speaking gifts. These nine different gifts, you can break them up in three different sections. Again, there's many ways that you can break them down, but I like this list. I found years ago, and I've stuck with it, and it makes it easy to remember. There's revelation gifts. There's power gifts. And they're speaking gifts. The revelation gifts are gifts that come to reveal something in your life or in somebody else's life. Power gifts are gifts that do something. And the speaking gifts are gifts that say something. 
gifts that reveal something, gifts that do something, and gifts that say something. Can we say that together? Gifts that reveal something, gifts that do something, and gifts that say. Can you say it like you have some coffee? Come on. Gifts that reveal something, gifts that do something, and gifts that. The Holy Spirit and why you need to stay connected to him is because when you are connected, you'll realize God is more informed of your life than you can imagine. He's with you. He recognizes it. And he gives us gifts to help us on this journey after Jesus. Today, we're going to begin with that first group, gifts that reveal something, revelation gifts. And the three gifts that fall under that category in this particular breakdown is wisdom, knowledge, and discernment of spirits. We're going to talk about those three for the next few minutes. Wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirit. Anybody want more wisdom, knowledge, and discernment in their life? Come on. I want it more in my life. So, so what is this spiritual gift of wisdom, knowledge, or discernment? Let's look at the first one really quick. Wisdom. What is wisdom? Well, we can define wisdom in this way. The gift of wisdom is the ability to make a decision and to give guidance concerning a person, place, or thing and how to handle the immediate situation according to God's will. Okay, the gift of wisdom is a supernatural ability for you to give guidance, counsel, advice when it comes to a person, place, a thing, a situation according to God's will. Now, I want you to know, this isn't somebody that's smart. Right? There's a lot of people that are smart. There's a lot of people that aren't that smart, and they say they're smart. This, this isn't that. This is somebody that has the gift of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and they can counsel you and advise you, or you'll receive it from God himself, and you'll get wisdom when it comes to a person or a situation in your life. I don't know about you, but the church needs more wisdom. We need more people with this gift in their life. I love this gift because this gift will help you when you're in a bind. When you have no idea what to do, when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of the storm, when you're in the middle of anxiety, when, when it looks like your marriage isn't going to make it, when you don't know where to go, what's the next step and direction in your life. Anybody thankful for wisdom of the Holy Spirit? Come on, we need more people with the gift of wisdom. It happens all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came and rested on several leaders and prophets. And we would see the gift of wisdom operating in the New Testament. It's available to us all. Here's some biblical examples where we see the gift of wisdom all throughout the Bible. Look at this. Uh, Paul, for example, when he was dealing with the Gentiles, and we just went through this through our series of Galatians. Paul didn't know, what, what do we do with, with those Gentiles that are being saved? Should they get circumcised or not? Paul got wisdom on what to do with the circumstance. Anybody remember the series that we just read? All right, Paul got wisdom, and he says, hey, why, why do that? It's going back to the flesh, going back to the law. That was supernatural wisdom, the gift of wisdom operating in his life. Right? We see that it happens to Peter when Peter is dealing with Cornelius, who, who's a Gentile himself, and he wants to hear the gospel for him and his family. Peter gets wisdom from the Holy Spirit, and he knows what to do in this circumstance. Paul one day is sleeping, and he gets a vision of a man, it's the Macedonian man calling him over to Macedonia. And he, he wakes up and he gets wisdom from the vision on where to go in the next step in his life. Right? There we see the spirit of wisdom in operation. In the Old Testament, we see Joseph. He interprets dreams for pharaohs. Remember, Pharaoh had a dream where he saw seven fat cows and then seven skinny cows. 
Those dreams weren't saying eat more Chick-fil-A, right? Like th- th- there was a specific circumstance on what was going to happen in those years. And Joseph, through wisdom, is able to interpret it, right? We see Daniel. Daniel had supernatural. He had a gift that he was able to interpret dreams through wisdom. Can I tell you, you and I, we need more of the gift of wisdom in our life. Come on, you need direction for your life. You need clarity for your life. You need God to speak into that circumstance when you're in the middle of it. Come on, you need to get around somebody that has that gift. If you don't have it, get close to somebody that has it. God, I need your wisdom. God, I need your counsel. Come on, he's a God that comes to give us wisdom. I love the Holy Spirit. Come on, we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says to desire these gifts. In fact, another translation says, earnestly ask for them. In other words, to have an intense desire, Paul says, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is one I pray for often. I need more wisdom in my life. I need advice from the Holy Spirit. I need counsel from the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful is that God will give it. You're not alone. He knows you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you're in the middle of, and he comes to give wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. The second one, which is a gift of revelation, is knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. I love the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge is this. It's the ability to have an in-depth understanding of an earthly or spiritual issue or situation. This is the gift of knowledge. The Holy Spirit will inform you about something. He will give you specific information about something that's going on. It's a beautiful gift, and I think we need more people with this gift. The church worldwide, we need more the gift of knowledge. Now, this we see as well all throughout the Bible. Here are some biblical examples of the gift of knowledge in operation. For example, Peter. Peter knows when Ananias and Sapphira came and they brought an offering that wasn't right before God. In the book of Acts, anybody remember that? They come, they bring an offering, and he's like, you're lying. He got, he got supernatural knowledge that they were lying about their offering. Right, And so Peter gets information. He gets knowledge. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's an, another Ananias who's a man of God. God speaks to him and says, hey, that guy named Saul that used to kill Christians, well, I just saved them. I knocked them off a horse and I made them blind for three days. I want you to go down and pray for him and I want you to minister to him. Ananias got supernatural knowledge, the gift of knowledge to go and pray for Paul. All right, that's, that's a specific gift from God. He gave him knowledge. He gave him direction. And Ananias goes and ministers to him. Without that knowledge, he would have never gone to pray for Saul because Saul was killing everybody. God gave him direction. If you need direction, guess what? God will give you some knowledge for your circumstance. I love it. Cornelius also needed to find out where Peter was. God gave him knowledge on where to get and find Peter. Jesus, we see Jesus, obviously the Holy Spirit was in him and operating him. God is the son and the father and the Holy Spirit, all three in one. And here we see Jesus operating in all the gifts. Jesus, when he, when he gets close to the women at the well, he realizes she's lying. Remember that story? Go and tell your husband. And, and she's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, that's right. You've had like six of them. <laughs> you've had five. And the one you're with is not your husband either. That's knowledge about a specific circumstance, right? And we see that. In the book of Acts, we see Paul was in a huge boat with a whole lot of men. And they were traveling and a storm breaks out and Basically, everybody's shipwrecked, and Paul tells everybody, hey, relax, nobody's going to die. How did he know that? The gift of knowledge, right? God gave him knowledge. Anybody want more knowledge in their life? Come on, I want the gift of knowledge. Comes to reveal something. I I think this is so powerful because I think that we do think we're alone sometimes. Or we think that the Holy Spirit is not available to us and only to certain people. And so we run to people like, can you help me? He's available to you. 
And these gifts are available to you. He wants to reveal stuff in your life. He's your father. He loves you, and he's left the Holy Spirit for you. So he gives us wisdom. He gives us knowledge. And the last gift that we can write under the revelation gifts is the the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. I think we need more discernment in our lives, more discernment in our churches and in relationships and business. We need discernment of spirits. And this is where, where you have this ability It says, and divine insight to determine whether or not a message, a person, or an event is truly from God. Come on, some of us need to pray for more discernment. (laughs) This is all of a sudden you're talking to somebody and either you you feel something about the person, not just what your heart's telling you. It's it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. And you just feel like, hmm, this isn't from God. I shouldn't go down this route or or take this opportunity. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, It's a spiritual gift. It's powerful. We see it all throughout Scripture as well. And this... This is the different places where we see it. Peter, knowing that Simon's heart, it was wicked, it was bad when he asked to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. There was this magician named Simon that was following him around. And he says, hey, I, I want that gift of the Holy Spirit. He saw they were laying hands on people and people were getting healed. He goes, can I buy that? He goes, you're, you're, he goes I rebuke you. Right? He had discernment. His heart is wrong. He didn't want the Holy Spirit. He wanted to make a profit off of what the Holy Spirit does. Come on, how many know people that still exist today making a profit off what the Holy Spirit has done? The Holy Spirit doesn't come to give us profit. Come on, the Holy Spirit comes to give us power so that we can walk through life. You can't make a mockery of the Holy Spirit. Paul also knew that this guy named Elimus in the book of Acts was full of deceit in his heart as well. He had discernment to see his heart. There's another story in the book of Acts where Paul is walking around. There's this girl. She was a slave girl. She was following them around. And it looked like she was saying good stuff behind them and proclaiming the gospel. But Paul, because of the sermon, he was able to discern she was possessed by a devil. She was possessed by a demon. He turns around and he sets her free. We need discernment in our lives. There's a lot of us getting into relationships. Can I tell you, you need discernment in your life. Six months later, then we're crying and saying, God, why did you allow me into this situation? I thought he was a believer. He had a cross, a a tattoo on his chest of you, Jesus. I got into this business deal and be careful. It's just a pyramid scheme trying to get some money out of you. I thought this was the job that you gave me. And it's the same job that took you away from your connect group and growth track and church. And if you would have had some discernment, you would realize this isn't the step for you in your life. Come on, anybody, come on. We need more discernment in our life. I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm excited for these next three weeks. I don't know about you, but I, I love talking about that. I think today I'm praying that God would give people supernatural wisdom, knowledge, and discernment about circumstances in your life. Maybe today you need to make some decisions. Don't make that decision without the Holy Spirit. Come on, I felt that in my spirit. Don't make that decision without first speaking to the Holy Spirit. There's things right now that you're feeling like, oh, should I make this step? Should I take this next step in my life? Ask the Holy Spirit where you should go. He'll give you wisdom, he'll give you knowledge, and he'll give you discernment. I love the gifts of the Spirit. They're available to you and they're available for me. And I love when I see them in operation because they come to remind me, he knows me. He recognizes me, and he knows what I'm in the middle of. Has anybody ever experienced wisdom, knowledge, or discernment in operation in your life? People have come up to me. and I remember somebody called us months ago and said, hey, be careful. You're about to go into some meetings and be at some tables where, where you're going to be offered things. And just remember the Holy Spirit is with you. How do they have that knowledge? That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
They had no idea of some of the phone calls that we were to get and some of the places that we were to go to. It's the gift of knowledge, right? Wisdom on what to do once you were at that table as well and what to do in those conversations. You know who has a huge gift of discernment? My wife. And usually wives have a whole huge gift of discernment. It's the Holy Spirit in action right next to you. I'll be talking to somebody or somebody will propose something and I'll go back and talk about it with my wife and she's like, mm-mm, no, no, it's not from God. Just feel it. Mm-mm, don't do it. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> but it's the gift and operation. They're real. And so we shouldn't run from them. We should run to them. Holy Spirit, I need them. They come to remind us of three things and we'll finish with this. I'm over time. Number one, they come to give us clarity in our circumstance. Can I tell you, God's a God of clarity. Clarity became one of my favorite words years and years ago when I was young and wanting to serve Jesus and wanting to be involved in all kinds of things. I just fell in love with the word clarity. And I think a lot of times life can confuse us and life can look like a haze. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit comes like a fresh wind and he, he clears the way. He just, just clears the fog out of the way. You ever been driving when the highway is full of fog and as the sun is lifting, the fog begins to lift? Can I tell you, I believe that today God wants to lift the fog of some of our eyes and show you clarity in your circumstance. Are you having trouble in your life? Are you, are you having trouble in your marriage with relationships? Can I tell you, he wants to give you clarity today. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit right here, right now. There's people here that you've been dealing with things, you've been praying, and today he comes to give us clarity. Come on, somebody, can you breathe out with me? Come on, just like that. Come on. A lot of hot breath right now. But can I tell you, that's what he comes to do in your life. He wants to breathe fresh wind and fresh fire. Clarity for our circuit. The second thing that he comes to do is that he comes to give us information for our confusion. Information for any confusion. Knowledge. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you knowledge. He will speak right in the middle of that circumstance. He'll show you. He'll show you the way. In fact, the Holy Spirit is so specific, sometimes he'll give you names and details, and you'll be shocked. I've seen it. I remember walking with somebody, and and they approached this guy. We were at a Walmart parking lot. At a Walmart parking lot. And my friend approached this guy and said, hey, can, can I speak to your life? And he said, yeah, yeah. And the guy was, you know, walking out. You know how Walmart is. Everybody has like 100 bags walking out. And, and he's like, well, the Holy Spirit just showed me your father walked out on you when you were a kid. And since then, you've been rejected and you've carried around this rejection that's led you into a, gang, a life full of gangs and violence and drugs. But today he comes to tell you he's the father. And, he lo- and the guy broke down crying. This is a young man broke down crying in the middle of a Walmart parking lot. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit of knowledge right there. Just speaking to his life. Why? Because he comes to remind us. He knows. And I know I'm going a little bit over time. Is this okay? Come on, come on. He comes to show us. He know. I was, I, and I've shared this story before. I was, I was with another friend of mine at a Denny's one time, and we're eating our moons over Miami, right? We're there having, enjoying our meal. And, and all of a sudden, the waitress comes to give us our bill, and he looks up, and he says, I don't know what you're going through, but God told me just to remind you he loves you. And I don't know what's going on in your life, and I know you have a daughter, and whatever's going on in your daughter. And the lady just broke down crying, like just, like just broke down crying. Tears, not all over my burger, right? Like just... It's the gift of knowledge. 
He comes to give us information for any confusion. And then number three, the bank can come up. We'll close with this. He comes to give us protection for the journey. And I tell you, he's with you. It's the Holy Spirit. I sense the Holy Spirit is here. He wants to protect you. He's a father who loves us. And the last thing that he wants to do is leave us on our... Can I tell you, you're not an orphan. You are not an orphan. You're not by yourself. You have a heavenly father. Maybe the earthly father walked out on you, but there's a heavenly one that comes to guide you and protect you. He knows you. He recognizes your situation. And he sends the Holy Spirit to come give us comfort, to come give us guidance, and to protect us on the journey. Come on, anybody thankful for God? Can we stand up on our feet? Come on, all across the place. Let's stand up on our feet this morning. Can we lift up our hands? Hands lifted. We're leaving in just just a couple minutes. I sense the Holy Spirit is here, and I sense that he just wants to breathe on some of us. Paul says, earnestly ask, desire for the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, with hands lifted all across this place. Can you begin to open up your mouth and just invite the Holy Spirit? Tell him, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Holy Spirit, come upon me. Holy Spirit, come upon us this morning. We need you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Calvary doesn't want to be a church that is powerless, but a church that is powerful in Jesus' name. God, we need you, God. I ask that your Holy Spirit falls upon us this morning. God, that you fill us with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, if you're with your spouse, can you just hold on to their hand and lift it up? Come on, for your marriage, there's power. Come on, for your family, there's power. Maybe you're single this morning and you're waiting on God and you have no idea. And there's, maybe it's a job situation, a financial circumstance. Come on, the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes to give you wisdom. He comes to give you knowledge. And he comes to give you discernment. Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on us this morning. A fresh wind. A fresh fire. Come on, let it rain this morning, God. Let it rain in our lives. Let it rain in our circumstance. God, I pray for supernatural wisdom. Father, this morning we ask for the gift of wisdom. Come on, Paul says to ask for it. I don't know about you, but I want it. Holy Spirit, I want the gift of wisdom over my life. Holy Spirit, we want the gift of knowledge over our life. Holy Spirit, we ask for the gift of discernment. Thank you that you bring clarity. Thank you that you bring information. And thank you that you protect us. Thank you that you go before us, come behind us, and you surround us. Thank you that you're the Father that never leaves us, never forsakes us, never abandons us. God, if there's people here this morning that haven't been full of the Holy Spirit and They haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I ask that you fall afresh over their lives today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Come on, some of us need to welcome the Holy Spirit in our life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. You are welcome in my life. Breathe on me. Clear the fog. Clear the haze. Speak. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment. Help us to get around people that have these gifts so that they'll speak into our life with heavenly counsel. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed. If you're here this morning, you say, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Alex, 
It's my first time in church in a long time. And you're saying there's no way that God can love me. I, I hear about the Holy Spirit and I hear about gifts that reveal, but I don't think that's for me because I've done so much wrong. I'm, I feel so far from God. And can I tell you that may be true, but God is still standing right next to you with arms open wide. He loves you. He's the father who loves you. The Bible says that sin comes to separate us from God. God can't be with sin, but God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin. The Bible says that he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and Jesus died for us, but he also died as us. He took our place. Our sin should have killed us, but Jesus is so good. He let them kill him. Jesus went up on that cross. He died on that cross for my life, for your life, for our shame, for our sin, for our guilt. The Bible says that Jesus died on that cross. They laid him down in a tomb. He was there for three days and it looked like sin and death had won. But after three days, come on, Christ Jesus, he resurrected from the dead. Jesus, he's alive today. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way that we can be forgiven of our sins. Today, he wants to give you a brand new beginning, a brand new life with every eye closed, with every head bowed. Come on, as the entire church is praying. In a moment of privacy, in a moment of concentration, if you're here this morning and you say, Alex, I need that brand new beginning. Before you can receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, you, you need to receive the promise of the Son, which is salvation. He loves you. I'm going to count to three if you're in here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. If you're in here, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you down to the front. I'm not going to ask you for your name. Any of the, every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody looking around. It's a private moment. I just want to see who I'm praying for. And I believe that God's seeing you raise your hand for those few seconds. After I see you, you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this place. Come on, as high as you can. Hands raised up everywhere. Here to my right, hands raised up all over the place. Here in the middle, hands raised up everywhere. To my left, hands raised up. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. see you, I see, I see all of you. I see you, amazing. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for all these hands. Come on, let's pray together with every eye closed, every head bowed. I want all of us to repeat this prayer after me with all you've got. Those of you who raise your hand, repeat this out loud after me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say this together as a family, together, out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I'm forgiven, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, come on, Calvary, can we make some noise? Oh, come on, hands went up everywhere. Come on, can we make some noise? Amazing.